Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Podcast of the Galaxy. I am here, as always, with Jared. How's it going, Jared? Going very well, Ron. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing uh, very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, had a great weekend. Well, for the most part, I mean, I still had to work. But had a great weekend with going to see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy twice. And, Jared, I know you saw it twice as well. And uh, speaking of, that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Um we have a very packed episode because there is a lot to unfold regarding this film. And we certainly have very, very uh, exciting thoughts about this. So we're going to get started uh, right away here. And uh, Jared, I'm going to throw it to you first as usual. What did you think about this film, especially after the second time you watched it? It was absolutely fantastic. And it, and it, it got better the second time I watched it as well. I noticed more things things just became more heartfelt as I focused on specifics more. This movie was just absolutely fantastic. It It is 100% top three in my ranking, maybe even top two. Uh, I would have to reassess a little more, but it was just absolutely fantastic from beginning to end. There is almost nothing to even critique about the movie. Everything about it was fantastic. Comedy, it was so fun. It was the funniest Marvel movie I've ever seen. It was the saddest Marvel movie I've ever seen. It somehow managed to blend everything together. And it was an amazing send-off from James Gunn. Just an absolute piece of art. An absolute masterpiece that James Gunn has produced here and like let out into the world. It's just absolutely fantastic. I'm so happy that it did not... It, it, it surpassed all of my expectations 100%. The delivery of Rocket's backstory, you know, from from that to even just simple fight scenes, character development, they weren't they weren't afraid to do a lot of things with this movie, and they did it so well. Managing time, making sure that it didn't feel sloppy at any time, making sure that it didn't feel too slow or too rushed. Absolutely fantastic job done by everyone who worked on this movie, and I cannot express my how much it impressed me it was absolutely fantastic yeah so yeah i'm just gonna get this out of the way and jared i know that this is gonna i know this is hurts for you because i know that you wanted to uh use this but um i'm using the golden buzzer on this film that's that's pretty much where it um that's that's only a even a relative um thing to sum up my whole my whole belief about this movie it was just i so yes i am using my uh, golden buzzer for this movie for uh mcu projects this year because it was just freaking phenomenal um i i i don't swear on the podcast so i mean i could have used a different word to to replace freaking but it was just a one of the one of the I'll say this, Jared. We were talking about this, obviously, when we had uh, dinner together after seeing the movie together for the second time. Um, uh, probably a top three MCU film. That's just, like I said, that's why college, That's why giving this the golden buzzer is like kind of like only like partially highlights my overall enjoyment of the film because. This is this could be a top three MCU film because I was sick about it, and here's the reality: um, Spider-Man: No Way Home was part of my top three 
for quite a while. And uh, I liked Guardians better because I thought this was the best movie since Endgame. So, and then I took that comment about best movie since Endgame and I realized, well, hang on a second. I found more flaws in Endgame than I did in Guardians of the Valley 3. So, should I be going all the way back and saying this is the best movie since Infinity War? And I, believe it or not, um, when making the new top five list after seeing this movie, uh, this Volume 3 lies in top three for me. I absolutely adored this film. There was, like you said, Jared, there were very few flaws to pick out. Very few flaws. Maybe one or two. And I feel like we might have similar the similar one so I, we might be talking about that later but i the care with the character development like you said each character was brilliant brilliantly written in this film each guard each guardian the villain as well and we'll go we'll definitely go into the villain a lot more but all the characters beautifully written and then he had obviously Rocket's backstory, which obviously something we're going to get into into more of. Amazing. Uh, I just... The soundtrack, I mean, oh my god, this, we're going to be touching on the soundtrack a little more. I, I know that, Jared, you're going to have something to say about that. Um, everything about this film was amazing. It is my favorite, uh, not only in my top three, obviously, but th- this kind of makes it obvious. But it's my favorite Guardians film. It's immensely Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite trilogy in the MCU, which is, is a high bar to set because you have things like Captain America, which I loved uh, that trilogy. The Spider-Man trilogy is quite good. So, you know, all these things and more uh, make Guardians such a good film. I like I said, Jared, I'm sorry that you were not able to uh, press a little buzzer here or virtually press it. Cause like, I got to tell you, I, you know, this is, this is a film that I have the honor of doing this for. And so, yeah, with that being said, Jared, anything else to add about uh, guardians in terms of first reactions? Well, I completely forgot about the golden buzzer buzzer and you really 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 took that from me so not insanely happy about that but i mean other than that i mean there's really nothing to say about the movie without going into more depth i agree with you that every single character is absolutely brilliantly written but not only brilliantly written their development was so complex and outside of the normal mcu typical hero development they each became their own character and there was no main character in this movie obviously a lot of it was focused around rocket but there was no main character every single person had their own the guardians were the main character it was the guardians in general it wasn't just this one singular superhero absolutely fantastic loved it and i think that we can get into a lot more specifics in you know further questions yeah no absolutely so yep like i said my apologies jared but um, it had to be done because I had to. I, I've, yeah, I felt obviously we both felt a strong connection. Either of us could have pressed it, honestly. And honestly, like I said, the golden, it, we both loved it so much that it kind of surpasses um, what the golden buzzer means. Because all, because all it means is that you know this is advancing around or skipping around in the end of tur- end of year tournament bracket that we do. So, yeah, it's we, we both just love this film so much. So, I mean, 
obviously, um, it doesn't mean a lot in my opinion. Cause like, you know, my love for this film does not trump yours in other words. So it's not really a competition in that sense. So, um, with that being said, we are going to go into more details. Um, I'm going to start off just quite easy here. Jared, favorite characters, standout characters, and feel free to go into as much detail as you, you want with those characters. Well, I mean, this is, extreme, this is an extremely tough question, but it's also a very easy question. The most standout character of everyone was Rocket. I mean, this movie was focused on Rocket. It was, it was his backstory. This was him. And the the amount of development that we got from him was just fantastic. It went from zero to 100 with this character, considering that we didn't know a lot about him before. We didn't know about his backstory. So all of this stuff, even though he wasn't in the movie for that long, he was dying. He was on the table. He was, And everyone else was trying to save him. But we got all these pieces through flashbacks and, you know, premonitions. And when he was, you know, when it was almost in heaven, things like that. An extremely moving story, and it just made him stand out so, so much. A heart-wrenching backstory that was absolutely fantastic. But other than that, for me, who stood out the most was probably Drax. I loved Drax in this movie. I think his character development was absolutely fantastic. What happened with his character, defying their norms in the movies. He was funny. Everything about it was just absolutely awesome. He's a super wholesome character, but it was just the entire movie. He was entertaining, but he also grew a lot. And his ending was absolutely fantastic, but we'll get into that later. But even so, I can name these things about every single character. Obviously, with Star-Lord, you know, he, he had a lot, of, a lot of stuff to do with Gamora. And Gamora as well. They went a really, really good way with her. I could talk about that a lot. Nebula started to become less cold-hearted. Mantis started to stick up for herself and not be weak. Just so much stuff was shown from so many characters. But obviously, I would have to go with Rocket for the standout character. I mean, it was just... It was pretty much perfect. His backstory was actually probably perfect. Yeah. No, I I fully agree. Rocket is the standout character, in my opinion. When you have... Yeah, I've already said this. Multiple times, but Rocket prior to this movie was in my top five. After this movie, probably in my top three in terms of favorite MCU characters. What they were able to do, what James Gunn in particular, what he was able to do to my emotions with Rocket's backstory. I'll, I'll just go out and say, and I didn't mention this in the first reactions, I started uh, getting teary-eyed multiple times on the first watch. On the second watch, I also got teary-eyed. Not as much, but on the first watch, I started, like, you know, I, it was it was definitely on the verge of just all out crying because I'll, it, the seeds where I got teary-eyed and then it just went downhill from there were um, obviously when he the uh, Rocket's friends... Lila, Tiefs, and um, Flora were killed off. Those three were, with the little screen time that they had, so critical to Rocket's backstory. Gave so much more sympathy and empathy to for uh, the viewers in terms of Rocket's backstory. Uh, those, I seriously, I would have taken a bullet for any of those animals 
so the fact that seeing those seeing those animals die was just so uh emotional and then seeing uh rocket after you know he's you know prior to well i actually basically during his final moments before getting resurrected you saw him in heaven uh having that interaction with lila and lila saying it wasn't his time yet but knowing that you know when he does die he's gonna have his friends up in the beautiful sky like he's stated multiple times wanting to go through the beautiful sky with friends it, it was just that whole so emotional for me so heart-wrenching and you know i i believe i've said this before but um i did not i i might have like got it might it might well, as emotional as it was i did not cry during um uh, iron man's death and black widow's death and endgame uh this put me over the edge this stuff with rocket and you know this whole story of uh with the high evolutionary as well which we'll definitely get into him but like it, it was just so emotional and it made me love rocket's character so much more because and to him eventually um leading the guardians being tasked with leading the guardians at the end of the film as well such a strong trajectory for one of the best guardians in my opinion it's so such a good backstory emotional for the minute that we saw uh baby the uh baby rocket in the very very beginning of the film to the very end to the end credit scene actually which we'll talk about those in more in depth in a minute but um seeing uh rocket lead the new guardians to throughout all those scenes standout character in my opinion but like just briefly touching on the others nebula beautifully written genuinely a likable character now obviously shows passion towards her new family so i loved that i loved what they did with gamora because i was not going to be um it was not going to be my favorite if she uh rejoined them and got back together with quill so i enjoyed her time with the guardians obviously in this film but obviously her going back to the ravagers i think that was very good drax like you said jared to him be you know his his purpose in this film was meant to establish himself as more of a father-like figure and not necessarily a, a dumb character which was emphasized multiple times by nebula but then obviously nebula um turns around and says you know he, he's meant to be a father um, incredibly emotional stuff uh you know Groot, Groot was fantastic <laughs> Groot um was probably my favorite version of Groot um so far between him going full kaiju mode on counter earth um between him with the multiple arms with the um guns uh in high evolutionary's lair wiping out all the uh, scientists it's, Groot was fantastic to him saying um i love you guys which is not the you know the very first time we hear him say something other than i am Groot. such a good character star lord such a good character we're going to talk about him more about him more in detail though as well so i'll kind of hold off on that but but um mantis very heartwarming seeing her you know truly value um her time with the guardians before going off and you know taking time on her own uh 
great. So yeah, all those characters and more. Um, just fantastic. Loved, loved every second of it. So Jared, anything else to add regarding favorite characters or standout characters, stuff like that? Well, I mean, Groot was amazing. I saw some people online complaining about Groot and his form that he was in. But I didn't understand that at all. It was absolutely awesome, you know, seeing him go kaiju mode. That was funny. But, like, he was just awesome. Everything about it was awesome. All the There was not a single flawed character, in my opinion. No characters were bad. There were characters who may have not been utilized enough, which I'll get to later with my only complaint about the entire movie, and it's still very minor. But, I mean, every character in this movie stood out, and I could tell you something I liked about all of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, It's just, and that's, you know, it's not something you just see in this film. Um, This is just a conclusion, but, like, between the first two movies, oh, I loved all the characters as well. I just the way that they were, um, the way that they just continued to become more likable, and they continued to have and like their endings went off on a satisfying note. Just all that stuff made these characters most enjoyable in this film. But like, don't get me wrong, they were uh, maybe not Nebula, obviously, just thinking about Nebula, but like, but obviously she was written to the point where she had a very large turnaround in this film, but like with all the other characters as well, just incredibly well, just incredibly brilliant characters in my opinion. So, and we got a full satisfying ending with all those characters. So with that being said, we are going to talk about two more characters in particular, because we didn't touch on them yet. Um, The two sort of antagonists, at least one up until the very end, um, Adam Warlock and High Evolutionary. Those, Jared, what did you think about those two characters and their inclusions in this film? Well, I'll first touch on High Evolutionary. This was such a refreshing villain. One thing that Marvel has been doing a lot is trying to make a villain who you can sympathize with. I think they're trying to like catch the feeling of Thanos again, where, like, you know, he was trying to create balance, you know, stop hunger, things like that. But for this movie, they just made a purely evil person. Went too far with perfection and ended up being distorted from reality and doing so much evil stuff. And he was so easy to hate. At the end of the movie, even by, like, five minutes into the movie, you wanted him dead yourself. I mean, it was just such an amazing villain. It made you feel so angry at him. And it was just fantastic. His powers were, while nothing special, it showed that his he was very smart, his technology was very good. But most of all, just absolutely ruthless. An absolutely ruthless, horrible villain. And it was very refreshing for Marvel. And I, I mean, he, he was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then Adam Warlock. So... I love that Warlock. He was a very, and I liked how we're going to get a lot of character development from him because one thing that uh, was revealed is that he was taken out of his cocoon early and that shows because he is not developed at all. He has a very childish view of the world in different scenarios. I can think of a ton of different places where it happened. He's very impressionable, but 
his morals have been kind of set by certain people. Like when when Nebula stabs him through with the sword, he said, that hurts in a very like surprised voice because he had never felt pain. And it, it just kind of shows like how naive he is. And I'm really excited to see him grow. The only thing is, this is one of two minor complaints about the movie. I don't think they utilized him enough. However, if they utilized him too much in the movie, I don't think he would have been able to become a fully-fledged Guardian, which he is now a fully-fledged Guardian. He is now one of the Guardians. And so they're most likely going to use that to piggyback off this and build him more as a character. But I just feel that they didn't use him a ton as a character in the movie. He wasn't... I thought he was going to be one of the main antagonists, but he really wasn't. He was more just, like, there sometimes. And he was a little weak for my taste. It seems like sometimes when they were on the planet, it seemed like he was almost... Not killed, but he was incapacitated by an explosion. In the... When they were on the ship, he was, again, incapacitated by an explosion. And it seemed like they just kind of got him out of the way. He was never... The only real huge... No, the only fight scene he was in was when... He came into uh, nowhere. That's it. However, even so, he was a great character. I loved him throughout the movie, and I thought he was actually really, really cool. He was defying the really bad notion of being a sovereign, how they're very kind of ruthless, and they don't really like anybody except themselves. You know, he took in that little animal. No clue what its name is, but it's very cute. He was just... He was... was, but that childish nature of his it ended up being very useful and it served the Guardians very well. He saved Peter Quill. He just did a really, really good job throughout the movie. So both of those characters are introduced that we never saw before. They did it in a pretty masterful way. And I think that with how with how Warlock is going to be introduced in future films, I think it'll be work out perfectly with more character development. Yeah. So uh, I'll go with Adam Warlock first and just bounce off what you said before I get to High Evolutionary. Um, I, I enjoyed Adam Warlock's performance and, you know, Jared, I, I do agree with the, not enough, like the minimum amount of him that we got. I could have, it could have been more beneficial if we got more of him. And I'm just saying that one of the primary reasons why I'm saying that is because when we did see him, he kind of was getting his ass kicked a lot. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, sure. He was able to show off his powers at some points. But, like, there were a lot of parts where he was getting his ass kicked. So I would have liked to see him more be – because, like, he's one of the most powerful uh, ent- uh, beings in the comics. I would have liked to see more of that. And, obviously, he's a little baby in this film, which, you know, did provide some of the comedic relief. So I do like that part. But, I mean, he could have gotten more of him being, you know, the powerful being that he was. So, yeah, I do agree with you in that aspect, Jared. But the, the rest, I absolutely enjoyed his inclusion from him being like this completely unlikable character, especially in the you know very first action sequence, which was actually very, very I – do, I did quite enjoy that action sequence. And it did kind of set the tone, dark tone for this film because he um, – you know, one of, this was one of the few examples where he was kicking their ass in the beginning. And I wanted to see more of that throughout the film, but like still with what we got in this beginning scene, it was very, very like dark because, you know, he completely messed up Drax's face, made him bleed everywhere, obviously dismantled Nebula and like basically dismantled her limbs and stuff like that. And then you had um, him chop, 
like chopping off Groot's head from his the rest of his body and dismantling the rest of his branches. You know, truly dark stuff there and kind of set up um, not only the dark tone, but Adam Warlock's powers and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I did like that introduction for him. And and I liked the progression from that all the way to the end where he becomes a guardian. And he even saves one of the guardians as well, Star-Lord, which I did appreciate that because that would have been devastating if uh, Star-Lord died, which I'm going to be honest. Um, just touching on that scene for a minute, I definitely thought the Star-Lord was going to be left out in space dead. I, I, I did, there was a moment in there where I thought he was a goner. So I relieved, obviously, to see that that did not happen, though, thanks to Adam Warlock. So, yeah, and I think Will Poulter's a talented actor. I've seen him in a few things, such as Mage Runner. I think he's a great actor, and I think that he's, especially now that he's a Guardian, has more, um, uh, a lot of gas left in the tank for his MCU run. Um, regarding High Evolutionary, so, first of all, this is easily a top 10 villain for me. Easily. Like, not even, I, I don't even have to consider it. Um this was a really damn good villain. And it's like you said, Jared, um, I really wanted him like gone with even before the second half of the film. I just, even when the, the, get, because in the very first scene where he's grabbing the rocket, baby rocket, I knew what, where this was going. So like, even in the beginning, you know, you just knew this guy was going to com- be a complete a-hole. So I loved that. I loved that. I thought High Evolutionary was one of the most evil people in the MCU. And Chuck Woody Uwuji, um, sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, deserves a hell of a lot of credit for being able to make that happen. He is a fantastic actor. And I haven't even seen him in anything. Like, I have not watched Peacemaker, so I haven't seen him in Peacemaker. But just after watching this film, oh, he's incredible. It makes me want to go watch Peacemaker just for his performance. Because he just played the slimy villain. And the line delivery in particular, I'm going to tell you one line that he said. And Jared, I'm sure you remember this. Because this is one of the most... I've seen a lot of villains say a lot of different things. Not just in Marvel. I'm not just talking Marvel. I've seen many different villains say a lot of evil, narcissistic stuff. When he says, uh, there is no God, that's why I stepped in, that was one of the most spine-chilling things I've ever heard a villain say. Absolutely fantastic line delivery made him even better than he was uh, before as a villain. Um, You know, everything he does, between everything he does to all those animals... Um, between him, you know, being powerful, obviously, with him basically causing an explosion um, once he gets turned on by the other scientists and is um, him causing, like, this explosion. Um, just really, really badass stuff. Uh, really enjoyed High Evolutionary's performance. Thank you, Chuck Woody Uji, for doing such a great job with that. Top 10 MCU villain all the way fully enjoyed it so um with that being said jared anything else you want to add about adam warlock and high evolutionary i mean 
I think I think we fleshed out their characters very well, but I mean, he was just such a menacing villain. And also, Peacemaker is a very good show. I definitely recommend watching it. It's fantastic. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and also, I mean, just going him his his face coming off, or at least like the fake. Um, I I don't even know what to call that. I don't know if that was actually part of the skin or is it if it was just like redone or something like that. But when it, when Gamora peeled that off, I mean, and I'm gonna be talking about more about the scene later when I go into one of my f- favorite parts. But when he peeled it off and he got like that red skull looking stuff when he's with even worse with his uh, face all messed up. I mean, it just uh, yeah, the high everything about the high evolutionary was just so good in my opinion and so well done making him a staple among the mcu villains so with that being said uh we are going to move on to uh we do need to talk about you know what the um obviously the fate of the guardians after this film because yeah, we went into this film, and I know we weren't the only ones. There were tons of people going into this film expecting a Guardian to die. Um, it turns out that none of them did. And, Jared, what I wanted to ask you is uh, what you thought of that decision. Because, obviously, there, there and there were a lot of close calls. There sure as hell were. Um, there was Drax getting shot twice in the front and then the back. There was Rocket. Um, Rocket technically did die. He just got brought back, and he was on the chopping. He was definitely the t- one of the top people on the chopping block, and um, t- uh, top guardians. And so is Drax, and Drax also survived. And and then there was Star Lord, obviously, um, coming very close to death at the end there. So after realizing that nobody, none of the guardians died, how satisfied were you? Uh, following that ending i mean it was fantastic because if we're so some people i did hear i did see a couple complaints that you know none of the guardians died so it wasn't as like impactful but the fact was some of the guardians died their role as guardians died drax nebula mantis peter quill he, he all of them they left the guardians um, Nebula to become the like manager of the city. I thought that Nebula had an amazing, amazing quote talking to Drax about how he wasn't he wasn't born to be a destroyer, he was born to be a dad. And him being a father figure to those kids in the in the wake of his wife and sister or wife and daughter dying, I think it's absolutely beautiful what they did there. And so it is a more peaceful and I actually think better way of acknowledging that they need to move on from the Guardians that are here now while also making use of the characters further from just dying. He might appear in some small form or fashion, but he won't be a super mainstream state in the, in the movies. Now, Rocket, we, we, now we have his fledged backstory. Now he's the leader of the Guardians. We have this going on. And, you know, Mantis is finding her own way. Everyone who's been kind of background characters who we we do know their background now and they've kind of accomplished their goals, but now they have different goals and they've realized that because of their character development, 
they're going their own ways and they're actually evolving as people. And I think that is the perfect ending. Instead of having them killed, he had them evolve and actually change to people who are different from when they originally started. And that is what's so impressive because usually in movies, you usually end it by killing them and he ended it by changing them, which is just an absolutely amazing ending. And I'm going to talk about the ending later when we get to our favorite moments. Yeah. So um, I'll I'll start off by saying that whatever comes next out of my mouth is coming from a guy who actually is in support of killing off characters in order to add more stakes to films. So, like, I've been in support of that. Like, with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, one of the big mistakes that I thought they made was not killing somebody off. I absolutely thought at least one of the parents should have died to add more stakes. Because there were, like, practically no stakes in that movie. Everything happened in the quantum realm. Um, With this film, um, stakes were there, regardless of a character die. A whole planet, and I forgot to mention this with High Evolutionary adding to his uh, evil... Uh, he wiped out his own planet that he created full of his own species. That's stakes right there. He killed Rocket's friends, adding to the backstory of Rocket and adding to the emotion of, you know, what the Guardian's mission is and why they're trying to do what they're trying to do in this film. That's stakes. Those are what stakes are. Um, so with that being said... Um, there w- a guardian did not need to die, in my opinion, and I am very happy that a guardian did not die for a few reasons. Number one, yeah, I would have with Rocket's friends dying already and Rocket seeing them in heaven. I was, I was, vi- it, it, that part was very, very sad. Okay, very depressing. If you had another guardian die, I was not gonna. I was gonna be done for. I was not going to make it out of the movie. I, I swear it was, it would have been one of the most devastating thing movies that I've ever seen, which it still is. Don't get me wrong. It's still very depressing, but like I'm talking about full on devastation. If any guardian, any guardian died. So I, I was very satisfied to see them all survive because, and see them all get their uh, character arcs go full circle and some of them move on. That was a better ending, in my opinion, than what it was going to be if a guardian died, adding to the overall heartbreak of the film. So I'm very happy that they took this path. Um, and especially coming from somebody who loves Rocket, did not want to see him die, was very concerned that he was going to die. I was smiling knowing that he was going to be safe. So, And especially knowing now that when he eventually does die, I don't know if that will happen like on screen or whatever. Um, possibly not. But, like, when he does, he'll have friends. He'll have his friends to go and see, and, and and his family as well, or and his first family. So, like, that, I was just at peace with this whole ending, with them all surviving, in my opinion. And, Jared, I know what scene you're going to talk about, obviously, and I'm going to have similar thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, I was in full support of the way this ended. So, yeah, anything else to add to that, Jared? Nope. Okay. So, uh, with that being said, now we're going to go into favorite parts. And, Jared, I'm sure you're going to be touching on the ending more um, because, obviously, I've heard your thoughts about favorite moments. Uh, But, yeah, let's hear them, Jared. What were your favorite moments from this film? So, I'm going to go with three favorite moments. I'm going to rank them. 
My third favorite moment was most likely the little battle scene in the tunnel. They were in a little yeah. tunnel. It was a yeah. battle scene where everyone got to shine. They were all together. They were working together. They were just killing a bunch of guys. Very action-packed scene. That was just simple. Very, very simple. However, actually, I'm going to do four. So, the saddest scene, in my opinion, and the scene that was pretty fantastic was when, you know, Rocket finally got out. He realized this was after a very, very awful, awful meeting with uh, the High Evolutionary. He realized that they were never meant to go to the, the New World and they were all going to be killed. And Rocket was going to have his brain dissected and like moved. So he put together a key card and he opened up their cages and then he let out Lila, who was his otter friend, and then she was shot by the High Evolutionary because he knew he was going to try to pull something. And he just started screaming and crying. And then he eventually uh, started, like, he absolutely went wild on High Evolutionary and, like, ripped his face open and everything. However, the most powerful scene was when Floor, who was a little robot rabbit, who was very childish, very, very young mind was very desperately screaming. There were, there was three characters who were alive at that point because Lila was dead. It was Teeth, who was a walrus, who was in like a little wheelchair type thing. And then it was Floor and Rocket. And so it, she was just screaming, Teeth, Floor, Rocket, go now, as go outside and leave and run. And it, it, it was repeated like 13, 15 times. And it was just absolutely heart-wrenching. And unfortunately, right after that, they ended up being killed by gunfire, which missed Rocket. That was an absolutely crazy scene. When I first saw it, it was just wild. Then the next one is, I'm going to do a combination scene. It's it, it's more near the end where they're rescuing everyone, and everyone is coming off of the ship onto nowhere. And one part is where Rocket sees the little baby raccoons and he enters the rac- one of the raccoons plants its front feet on Rocket's nose, and then he and then it pans up and it shows the title of and it shows the scientific name of raccoon, and then just the the regular name of raccoon. That was an amazing scene. And then when Peter, so this is my second favorite scene when Peter Quill, he 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 dropped his zoom, and this was when Cosmo couldn't hold up the the path to nowhere anymore from the ship and so it started to come apart they were trying to save everyone and bring them onto the ship and it started to come off and peter quill he he went quill went back and he got his zoom and then he tried to push himself off and go into space but he intercepted some debris and he stopped and his face started expanding people started crying you know nebula i don't know if actually it was nebula mantis screamed Groot tried to stretch out his fingers, but they broke off in space. And then his face puffed up in a very gruesome fashion. And the first time I saw it, I it legitimately crossed my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, did they just kill off Quill? I was genuinely thinking they, they might have just killed off Quill. And I was like, I was flabbergasted. It was absolutely crazy. And then luckily Adam Warlock came in and kind of saved the day by like touching his finger and then 
bring him to the to nowhere. That was an absolutely just amazing scene to see. It it was it was just wild to actually see it. And then easily, my favorite scene in this movie and any Marvel movie ever. I've I've taken I've taken some time to think about this. Any Marvel movie ever was the ending scene. This is when the, a everything came together. Rocket played a song called "The Dog Days Are Over" by Florence and the Machine, and he started dancing. Others started dancing. It showed just so many good things happening. Nebula talked to Drax, and I already said the quote about how Drax was born to be a dad. He started dancing with the kids. How and I think it was really cool because he said dancing is for stupid people, and it just showed a lot of you know evolution with them. It showed Mantis leaving with her with her new friends, leaving the Guardians. It showed Gamora going back to her family and actually being with her new family instead of going and being back with the Guardians, which I'm going to talk about after. I think that was amazing. There was just it was just such a feel good scene and the best ending to a movie ever in Marvel. Just so fantastic. It made it brought every single thing together. Everyone was happy. It was just so, so, so amazing. Peter going and seeing his dad, his grandpa. Everything was just fantastic in that movie. Yeah. Uh, you you did definitely did take a lot of my favorite parts, Jared. Um, so that that was probably payback for the gold. Yeah, it was, Rowan. It was, Rowan. Yeah, I get it. But actually, you did it. You you, you did not say one, however, that I had, and um, that was definitely uh, the fight scene between uh, Peter uh, Groot and the other scientists in the High Evolutionary's lair. Um, absolutely loved that scene. Because it showed that, first of all, I like this callback. When Star-Lord said to Gamora earlier on in the film, you know, guard, we don't kill people and stuff like that. Um, you could show the, you could see the anger in um, Star-Lord's eyes and, and in his uh, dialogue, obviously, with the, the, towards the high evolutionary's actions in the lair to the point where, you know, he just told Groot to kill them all. Like he just blatantly told Groot to kill them all. So with that being said, and I kind of touched on this with Groot before Groot takes all the weapons, starts shooting everybody. Uh, Star Lord starts shooting everybody. Uh, Loved that scene. Absolutely loved that scene. Um, Another one scene I wanted to touch on was, uh, and you kind of touched on this, Jared, with the um, actually, well, not really, because you touched on more of the friends part. But um, when they were in the process of trying to revive Rocket, playing along with the scene of Rocket visiting his friends, that whole scene was so so well done with Star Lord saying he's not letting him go. That was when that screaming scene happened. It was it was, and when Rocket you know, finally um, was revived. That whole scene was incredibly well done. I was going, that whole scene, I was going through a whole roller coaster of emotions. It was just an incredibly well done scene. But um, in terms of the ones that you did touch on, Jared, that I had as well, the uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn theme 
playing over that scene in the tunnel, um, in that fight scene in the tunnel, fighting off the aliens. I mean, fantastic. Uh, first of all, great song choice. Fantastic song choice. Um, each Guardian got their action moment in there. Like, literally all the Guardians had action sequences that were uh, spotlighted there. Even in Rocket, just to touch on his action sequence there with him literally in midair spinning with that gun. Very well done, in my opinion. And that was, yeah, that put that definitely up at the um, top for favorite scenes. But um, one of my other favorite scenes, and this is certainly, this certainly might be my top two, my top as well as um, yours, because that final sequence um, with Dog Days Are Over playing in the background, which I did like that song even prior to uh, watch this film. I was a fan of that song. But uh, just now, every time I listen to it, um, it's going to make me think of this sequence. It was showing the happy endings for literally every character, every guardian. You had, Dra- like you said, you had Drax dancing with the kids. You had Nebula dancing, who, you know, if you watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and thought that uh, I would have, I would not have expected Nebula to end um, Guardians 3 dancing, uh, just going off of Volume 1. So that was great. Gamora, like you said, joining the Ravagers again and hugging it out. Great. Star Lord, which we didn't really touch on this yet during this scene, uh, visiting his grandpa. Just overall fantastic rocket dancing and he was the final shot too. him uh dancing and yelling having a good time and stuff there and drax saying goodbye to mantis obviously all that stuff with dog days are over playing in the background very very well done and jared it's like you said it's one of the best endings in the mcu in my opinion so as long as you know and i feel like it's going to be stand that way for quite a uh, while because it was just so heartwarming it, after the emotions that we all went through in the beginning with uh, leading up to the uh, sequence. It was very heartwarming. Put a smile on my face. I've said this to you before, Jared, but I w- when this hits Disney+, Plus, I, I would literally go back to that end sequence and watch it without watching the rest of the movie. It was so cathartic, and yeah, it was just all around great. So... Yeah, with that being said, Jared, anything else you wanted to add about this? No, no. Yeah, just overall, uh, such a great movie. Because we've just listed, I mean, when you think about it, we just listed more scenes than we have in other movies when giving over our favorite scenes. There were just so many of them. It was very, very well done. Very well done film. So uh, with that being said, I think one of the last things we need to touch on before wrapping up here are the end credit scenes. Obviously we got to touch on those. There were two of them and they were important. So with that being said, Jared, how did you react to these two end credit scenes? Well, I mean, one of them was, I mean, a little underwhelming, but the other one, it well, was, yeah. it was, it was good. The one that I'm talking about, it was, you know, it was where we have the new guardians. We have the new guardians where you have, Craglin, Groot, who is absolutely massive, like huge. He's absolutely huge. You have Rocket, you have Cosmo, who is the Russian space dog, which is a nice little nod 
you have uh, Adam Warlock, and then you have a mysterious girl who do, who we do not know the name of. I didn't check in the credits for the girl. Her name is Phyla Vell. Phyla Vell? I believe so. All right. Crazy name. I'll just call her Phi. So, okay. So you have Phi as well. And my, my theory, we talked about this a little, is that she has some kind of energy manipulation powers as her powers look very similar to Kamala Khan and, uh, and just kind of that type of hero. The energy manipulation people with all of them, the Marvel people, the Marvels. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that it's somewhere in that realm. But now you have an extremely powerful person in Adam Warlock. And it seems like they do have decent chemistry, obviously. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be a big change because we had such good chemistry with all the others, right? But I think that as we see these people come on and grow, it'll get better and better and better and better. But unfortunately, obviously, the Guardians aren't going to be in the same light as they are, especially in this movie. I don't think we will get another Guardians movie. Uh, Obviously, we saw that Peter Quill will return, but that might be in a solo movie or in some other project. I am the the end credit scene was quite nice, and I think it showed that we're going. Also, very nice uh, nod to another very very classic song in the Guardians of the Galaxy. It was it was great to just see that happening. They were all like listing off songs that they liked, and then Rocket started playing a song when some monsters and beasts came running at them. And I think that it just showed that it isn't over there are still things to look forward to. And I think that was very, very worth having. The, I mean, the second end credit scene was kind of funny. And it's just kind of nice to see that Peter and his grandfather are having a nice little time being together and building back their relationship. Yep. So regarding the first end credit scene, uh, I loved it because I th- it obviously showed the new team uh, being spotlighted, at least the current uh version without getting any new members added between Adam Warlock, Groot, um, Rocket, obviously, as their leader. Uh, Craglin is there. Phylavel, like I said, that um, child. And then um, Cosmo and Adam Warlock, obviously. So all those people. Um, obviously, new, fresh faces as well to see. So I really love the fact that, you know, we're probably going to see more of those Guardians. Definitely not in the volume three four or anything because we're all done with those volumes that was james gunn's thing so i mean we probably will see them again just in a totally uh different capacity than a full-on guardians film so i love that and like you said jared with come and get your love playing which was a callback all the way to the first guardians of the galaxy movie very i brought a smile to my face loved hearing that again and then he had obviously the second and scene Love seeing that dynamic between Peter and his uh, grandfather, and it's refreshing. And it's very nice to see that he will be. We, it's not the last time we'll see him, as, as uh, it was confirmed in that end credit scene that he will return. So I, I like that because I think that he's still, you know, even if the rest of the Guardians weren't there, I think that more Star Lord is a good thing. So, with that being said, anything else to add about the end credit scenes, Jared? I mean, I, I think they were good. Obviously, there was one that was better than the other. But as I said, I think they just kind of gave kind of continuation and kind of continuity to the story, how it's going to continue. And we have some new introduction to characters. I think that Phi will be 
there's no reason to introduce her and not have her do stuff. So I think there's going to be something that's going to happen with her specifically. And we'll probably see more of her people. But yep. I mean, I'm I'm just happy that it, it was there because it gave a little bit of it just it just made me feel happy that it's going to continue. Yeah, no, I 100% agree because all these characters are so phenomenal and need to see more of them. So with that being said, Jared, now's the time. If you have anything else to talk about regarding Guardians of the Galaxy, feel free to do so now before we start wrapping up here. So I, w- I would like to talk about one more thing. It is Gamora. Mm-hmm. So Gamora, one thing that I heard from two people who I watched the movie with, not you, but I watched the movie twice, was that they were angry that Gamora didn't get back with Quill or go back with the Guardians. And I completely disagree. I think that this movie was all about having them grow and escaping this this kind of continuing trope of them all being together and them being the only family, things like that. And I liked how it made Quill grow as well because family was to be found in the Ravagers as well. It is not only a Guardians thing. She found family there and they moved on. And that's the point. They grew as characters. They didn't just... If she had gone back to them, that entire time, it would have been like nothing happened. And so it ending up different was such a huge thing for me, and I'm so glad it happened. I think they did it masterfully with having her show a relationship with the Ravagers now. And I do think that she will kind of fade into not appearing in many movies anymore. Um, it's just... I'm, I'm just happy it happened. And it seems like... They ended it really well because she seemed really happy with the Ravagers. It just seemed absolutely amazing. And I'm just I'm just really happy that it didn't go back to normal. It ended with Peter and her being on equal terms, seeing seeing each other's equals, liking each other, and that's it. And I'm just glad it didn't go back to the other way. Uh Jared, I one hundred percent agree with you. And um I think that it was for the best as well, the trajectory they went with Gamora in this film. Uh, they left on good terms, obviously. Like, Gamora even admitted that the alternate, her, uh, her alternate self and him were probably very fun. So I really liked that. I thought that was very nice. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't have made sense for Gamora to rejoin the Guardians because she said it herself, completely different person. Completely different. It's not like each Gamora is the same. In, in with between realities here. It's not. It's wouldn't necessarily be realistic for each Gamora to fall in love with Peter. So I love the fact that they didn't fall into that trap of saying, oh, well, this is a nice fan service moment. Let's get Gamora and Quill back together. Because it's just not realistic. I mean, that's just a reality. It's not, it's not realistic for the same exact thing to happen to him twice. And even with, even as much as her rejoining the Guardians, it would have been nice. But like, her being part of the Ravagers again expresses different a difference between Gamora's and obviously shows a different side to her. So I absolutely loved her character development. And Jared, I think you're right. I actually don't think we're seeing Gamora again. I, I don't. I, I don't think you will ever see Gamora again. And there are some guardians that I don't think you'll ever see again. And Gamora is definitely she's not a guardian, obviously, but she's certainly a character that um, I, I don't think you'll see again. I think seeing her happy, living a good life with the Ravagers is, you know, 
her, you know, we we are we are left satisfied knowing that. So yeah, I agree with you. So anything else to add to that? I just want to add some people don't know when to put something down. And that is one thing that this movie did that honestly, I can't really think of any Marvel movie that did it. I guess Captain America with him relenting his powers growing old. It's where it's just like a joke. If you say a joke too many times over, it doesn't become funny anymore. The Guardians, it reached its pinnacle. This was it. This was the max and it ended on its max. It ended in its prime. And that is where they stopped it. They stopped it and they said, all right, we did enough. We did what we were supposed to. And now we're going to disperse and kind of recuperate, end it, and start anew. Instead of just doing the same formula over and over and over and over and over. Eventually until they suck it dry. And I'm very surprised because Disney usually really likes to do that. But it was it was just fantastic. The ending was the best ending in any Marvel movie I've ever seen, and I'm very staunch on that. Yeah, no, I mean I agree. It, from start to end, very flawless. Yeah, I mean flawless minus like one, maybe one or two things. Just overall barn burner of a film. Um, I would put I would. It's in my top three. Like it's in my top three MCU movies. I don't see that changing. Like, I've already thought about it, and I've seen it twice, and I want to go see it a third time. So, like, and obviously I gave this a golden buzzer, so it's well-deserved because this is – I totally need to see this uh, skip around in the tournament because it definitely deserves that skip because it's probably going to be the best MCU project So uh, this year. So, and it, like I said, I'm honored to have given it to this. So, yeah, I just overall – very, very good film. Something I'm going to be rewatching on multiple occasions. Multiple. So, with that being said, Jared, any other final thoughts about this? I mean, no, I think we covered everything pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I think we we definitely did. We got we got a full hour in here to talk about it. But, um, yeah, obviously, we hoped that you guys would have seen it by now if you're listening to this review. But, for some reason, if you just listen to a whole bunch of spoilers... Um, if you have it already, go check this movie out. Um, we've hoped you, we, if you have watched it, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did because we had an absolute blast with it. Um, uh, and yeah, looking forward to seeing this on multiple other occasions. So Jared, any other final words for the fans before we wrap up here? Even if you've already seen this movie, definitely go and see it again because this is a hundred, well, first of all, it has a ton of re, re, like rewatchability it's awesome anytime you see it but there's also yep. little things that you notice like that maybe Rocket does that reflect on the story there were things that I noticed the second time that I didn't notice the first time at all so definitely go and see it again but also it's just an amazing movie so you should anyways but yeah just and also tell your friends about it because it's not actually doing as well as I would have expected in the box office yeah so um, with that being said we thank you all for listening once again uh And we hope that you have just as much fun with the Guardians as we do. And yeah, uh, tune in next time for a brand new episode. Have a great day. We'll see you guys next time.